Have you always wanted to start your own business? Do you have an innovative idea or an invention, but just don't know how to turn it into a company? Are you already in business and need some help growing? The BRF's Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program can help. At EAP, we work alongside you, helping you with things like financial modeling, funding strategy, pitch preparation, and marketing strategy. So what are you waiting for? Go to EAPLA.com today and set up a time to talk with our team. Let EAP help you launch or grow your business in North Louisiana today. Welcome back to On The Cusp. Very special episode today. Our first time doing a remote guest. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Got my co-host Matt Snyder with me here. But really the exciting thing is we have Marcy Russell, okay, a nationally recognized economist, okay. She was at CNBC on the business analyst side and their lead economist. And I think you've done, I, I looked at a lot of the stuff you had online. It's really impressive. I love it. Welcome, Marcy. Hey, hey, it's great to be here today. There's all kinds of interesting things going on with the economy, and um, I'm really happy to well, be here Well, thank you. But, but before we get started, I got to throw this out, because I heard you've got some deep Louisiana roots here, okay? Oh, that is really, really true. So when I was a little girl, my I lived outside of Lake Charles, Louisiana in a little community called Topsy. Um, my dad's a rice farmer. And um, as I grew up, we moved to northern Louisiana. I lived outside of Monroe in a small community called Merouge. It was actually technically a village, not even a town. And um, I went to high school at um, St. Frederick's Catholic Oh, oh wow. We know him well. That is awesome. So you are a hometown girl. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's where I grew up. Um, I make a mean gumbo, you know, with those roots. Absolutely. You, you. So I don't in the South any longer, but, um, you know, it, it is really home. Well, great. Uh, thanks for doing this for us. And we'll jump right into the, you know, why, why we're bringing you on here today. And I mean, Shreveport, Bossier, Northwest Louisiana, you know, we've had a lot of people tell us, hey, you ought to do this. You ought to do that. What do you see? okay, for for this region? Ever since um, I was an economist at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, right? We always look to the economy of New York, or of sort of Louisiana as really, it's all about oil and gas, just like Houston, right? right. And that we sort of, sort of lumped it all together and kind of thought about it in exactly the same way. But we know, for instance, that Houston has gone a long way towards diversifying their economy over the last decade. And I would argue that COVID, believe it or not, um, delivered at least one kind of sort of positive gift to economies such as yours. And that is that it allowed for a couple of things to happen. Um, remote work became possible so that people are no longer making their choice about where to live based necessarily on what kind of job is offered in the immediate future. So it's Wait, possible. Marcy, what, what? Wait, so it's not about the job, it's about what's going okay, on? Hold on. I'm not going to say that it's not about the jobs. It's not that jobs don't matter. It's just when you think about on the margin, maybe there's a kid who grew up in Shreveport, wants to stay in Shreveport, but 
Five years ago, if he was interested in being in technology, he would have to move to California. Now, who wants to do that, right? Not, no way. Right? You don't want to do that, right? You don't want to leave Louisiana right. for California. He wants to raise a family there. And so now, sort of that outflow, which was almost guaranteed 10 years ago, is no longer the case for you guys, right? Or certain types of communities that weren't diversified prior to COVID. The other thing um, that, that has sort of happened in, in the post-COVID environment is that real estate prices and, and sort of what cost of living sort of really matters to millennials in particular. So you have this huge demographic, big group of, you know, I used to call them kids, but they're not kids anymore. They're in their 30s now. And we thought that they would never settle down, never have families, never choose a partner and never buy a house. They were just going to live in our basements forever, right? Well, now they're in their 30s. They all want to do that. And they all want to do it at the same time, which of course has driven up real estate prices in what were considered sort of, you know, the premium areas. But any community, you know, that has sort of affordable real estate suddenly has what an economist like me would call a comparative advantage. When they're looking to attract people, um, real estate and sort of affordable real estate suddenly really matters. And it isn't just about culture. Um, you know, having grown up in your area, there's no better place to hunt and fish and be outdoors than northern Louisiana. And so you can capitalize on that in a way that you're not just attracting sort of, you, you know, you can't compete with sort of Florida and Phoenix for the retirees, but for those millennials who are looking for square footage in a house right. And home buyers, you know, right? yeah, the home buyers, the people that are really, you know, spending money in your economy. Those are the ones that you really want right here. That's right. And then they create sort of their own kind of jobs, so to speak. So there's got to be kind of a basic economy underneath them. They want great food. Well, I mean, in my mind, Louisiana has the best food in America. Like, don't argue with me on this one. Right? We won't. So, so you ought to just ask her your question. He always asks this question. Go yeah, ahead. Just I get it out there. Okay. So what comes first? Dave tells me I can't have my music festival and I can't have my cool culture that I want until we get a bunch of factories and all these jobs. And I say, well, the leaders of those companies don't want to come because there's nowhere to go live the life they want to live. So what comes first, culture or jobs? You know what? They go together. They do. They really go together. So I'm not going to say one or the other. And I know that sounds like a typical economist cop out, but they really do sort of grow at the same time. But I will say this, the kinds of things that you're sort of talking about when it comes to culture, those are what economists would call kind of a public good. No individual in and of themselves alone wants to fund those sorts of things. They really are kind of group activities. They make us all better off as a community. However, no one as an individual really wants to fund those. So this is when sort of strong private-public partnerships like you guys have going on really can sort of take a, a, an area, a, you know, a locale really to the next level. So it's true that I would say for an economy 20 years ago, yeah, jobs first really mattered, but 
those millennial kids that I have, right? And you know, you have them, I bet too, um, they think about the world differently. And their quality of life, you know, they need their downtime and all that stuff. Um, they make a lot of their choices based on that. So I do sort of see an economy that's kind of morphed over the last 15 years. And it kind of comes down to values. And their values, I got to tell you, they are very different um, than what would have motivated me when I was a 25-year-old. I always move for the job. I mean, 100%. That that is not how my kids look at the world. Yeah, and with, and with what you're saying about the job being able to go anywhere, that's yeah, you where make I think the, job the culture mobile. is that's even amazing. more. Because the right job's there. in that box. So, you know, so Marcy, without without giving up, you know, you're going to be here on January the 18th for the BRF uh, annual meeting. Without giving up, you know, your your whole story. What is it? You, you know, you, you're going to tell us. You know, on. Uh, in, Sure. I, I mean, I got to say that as an economist, when I look at the year 2024, the story is interest rates are coming down. I mean, that is going to be the story for 2024. So markets are currently expecting the Federal Reserve to cut rates around 145 basis points. So for your viewers, that's 1.5% percentage point. So if rates are at five, a little over five now, then they're likely to come down somewhere between three and four, right? So that's a much better interest rate picture on the short run, which for your community that's entrepreneurial, your community that you know really depends on capital to sort of make things go for them, this is really an important story. That's, a, that's a going to be the biggest change, which means for the general U.S. economy, you start to um, sort of free up the most interest rate sensitive sectors that when I look at 2023 have been really sort of um, basically just frozen, right? So residential real estate, it's been frozen for the most part because interest rates have been so high. Merger and acquisition activity, absolutely frozen. IPOs, absolutely frozen. So those are sectors of the economy that are very responsive to interest rates and they will unfreeze in 2024 as the Fed lowers rates. So you know, this is good news, particularly with inflation having finally come down to a level that's not so brutal any longer. You know, people can live with 3% inflation in a way that we simply could not live with 8 and 9% inflation like we saw in March of 22. That's great news. We look forward to having you here. And, uh, uh, you know, we got a sold out crowd right now. Okay. Yay! So yeah, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be packed. It'll be fun. Okay. So it'll be a lot of fun and we're looking forward to you getting here. Wonderful. Well, you know, I can't wait to be back home. All right. All right Sounds so great. Much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah.